0: Beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of the I Like Birds podcast. I'm your host, Zach Rippey, and this podcast is dedicated to the non believers, the confused believers, and the true believers. Because I, at one time or another, was all three, and I'm here to help you get a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he's all about. Let's grow in our faith together. You learn as I learn. I like the Bible, and I like words, so therefore, I like birds. Let's start the show. People, are you ready? Hey, my friends, welcome back to the I Like Birds podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I know we have a lot of new listeners today because my man Jake Roche went to the golf tournament and passed out like 150 business cards and chopped it up with a bunch of people. So if you're one of those people, hey, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoy this episode specifically. And if you like it, hey, please subscribe and come back for more episodes or catch up on some of the previous ones because, uh, man, it's just been an amazing journey this last year. And I'd love for you all to be a part of it and catch up and join the birdhouse. And If you're a long-time listener, hey, welcome back to the show, y'all. If you've just been listening the last few weeks and you've been rocking with it, I truly appreciate it, and I hope I can keep delivering messages that will uh, keep you lifted in your spirits and just uh, learning about Christ and just moving along in your faith journey as I move along in mine. Uh, let's start there, man. It's just been a tough uh, adjustment to this RV life. I know in the last few episodes, I've been really uh, telling you guys how good it is and, and how I feel when the presence of God out here is so much stronger, and I've just been getting back in my Bible. I've been doing my books for school and stuff like that, and having that free time has been awesome. But I'm not gonna lie to you guys; it is an adjustment, man. Uh, It's hard not seeing, you know, uh, Catherine's family as often as we have been before, and just seeing your your friends at, at work and your friends at the open mics that I would do, and you know, just not having that like real in person connection with like a community and network has been a little bit of a challenge. You know, luckily people are still calling me, and we're just. Uh, a lot of people are reaching out and messaging me. It's just been awesome, especially when it comes to uh, people that are really enjoying the just the journey that we're on as well as the podcast. So thank you so much for everybody that's showing love still. Uh, but I'm not going to lie, man. Some of the days right now are starting to feel smushed together, right? And today when I woke up, man, it was starting to feel identical to the previous ones, you know? And it's interesting because there's no markers. You know, there's no little... Um, there's no markers in my week, if that makes sense. They really let me know what day it is, right? I used to have that. I used to have uh, Mad Hatter Monday open mics, and that was the the open mic I would host, and it, would just, it was really fun and had a great atmosphere. The owner's awesome, super great guy, Christian himself, and then the bartender's super great. Her name's Bailey. She shows a lot of love, and uh, just a lot of buddies go there, you know, so I, I would know it would be a great way to start the week every week. You know, it would be a fun time, tell some jokes host the show, uh, be on stage, be funny, be in good spirits, tell people about the podcast. You know, it was a a great little home base for me on Mondays to kick off my week. And uh, Wednesdays, I had small group Bible study with the men's group at my church. And that was just awesome because I got to dive deep in the word and learn from a guy who's also in ministry school, but he's a little bit more educated on the word than I am. So it was kind of cool to pick his brain and him uh, point me to scriptures that were uh, beneficial to my life and also the stuff that I was studying as well. Uh, and then Friday nights, I would do my comedy show at this place called Old School Texas for about 8 to 10 weeks. I did that before we left, and they were just super nice, always showed love, just were great people to be around. And it was just a fun time. We had, um, you know, a food food and drink tab there, so we would get food there. The comedians would, would be able to enjoy some drinks and stuff like that. And uh, it was just fun, man. It was just a really fun uh, week of life, you know, for the most part. You know, granted, it wasn't that fun. I, le- I still left, you know, or I felt led to leave still, even though I had a good life, you know. And uh, I was, you know, it has pros and cons, just like everything else. And then even Sunday, man, Sundays are weird. Or like Sundays are my favorite day. I love Sundays. I don't know if you're out there. You and man, Sundays are Sundays are the best, right? And it's not just because of God. I mean, it mostly is, but also you just go to church. You know, you it's a relaxful day. You got football on sometimes. I would have family dinners at my at Catherine's family's house. It's just good times, you know. You didn't have to cook or do dishes too much, you know, because somebody else took care of it. <laughs> Paper plates, hey, what's good? Uh, and so we would have those kind of uh, those landmarks in our week. And it's just sinking in now how different this life is, right? I'm putting added pressure on myself by writing podcasts for other people, and I'm constantly getting messages about them. It's like, you know, it's so interesting when you're like, yo, I want to, I want to do what I love for a living. And then you start doing it, and you realize that it's like, oh wait, it's doing what I love for a living for somebody else. It has nothing to do with what I'm, what I'm trying to pursue, you know. And luckily, I've got to write a few uh, faith-based podcasts for somebody, so that was really cool. I love those, you know. I'll, I'll always prioritize those. I've done three of those already, and it's been incredible. Uh, but there's been some podcasts, like I wrote about the Super League, uh, European soccer thing that's going on right now, and I was just like, ugh, I don't like soccer, and. Uh, <laughs> And, it's, you know, it's funny because sometimes on that website Fiverr, people can just book you and not even message you about the, the gig ahead of time. They'll just book you and be like, hey, I need you to do this. Here you go. You know, and then you just got to, like, do it. You can't, like, turn it down, which is they need to fix that because I don't like that. But, uh, yeah, man, I also took on a weekly podcast for someone. Uh, and it's more of so of a like a cultural research paper about um, certain places or people. Uh, That has to do with kind of like their eating habits and um, their death rituals based on the culture. It's a little weird, uh, but I enjoy it just because it's like I'm learning a lot of different stuff. Uh, And I've been doing that once a week for somebody, which is awesome because it's like consistent work. Uh, And that part is fine. Like I don't mind like getting behind a desk, researching, reading, writing stuff like that's that's a dream. Like I'm doing that for for fun on the regular. And then the fact that somebody's going to pay me to do it is incredible. So that part is awesome. And I'm super grateful for that. That God's blessed me with that. Uh, But the thing I don't like about it, y'all, is I don't know if y'all feel this way uh, when you, you know, with your businesses that y'all got going on or wherever you work at. But the constant messages you get from people, oh, my gosh, is draining. Oh, like the podcast guy sends me messages nonstop about the show. You know, I get it. He cares about the show. He wants his show to be great and whatnot. I just get drained easily when it comes to getting messages all day. It could be from people I love, people I like. And people I work for, it. like getting messages is just exhausting, especially when you're trying to like be with your family and you're feeling like you're getting pulled away every second, you know, so I really got to see that's on me. I'm, you know, I'm over here, you know, complaining about it, but I have to do a better job of like making time to like have office hours, if that makes sense. So I'm going to communicate that with the gentleman and also on Fiverr, I'm going to find a way to get some office hours in there just so I can keep my peace of mind and keep my focus on to where it needs to be, which is God, this podcast, this ministry, the Bible school, all things of that nature. And my family and I love being able to say that I'm making a little bit of income on the road but I also just need to get that balance first and I highly recommend uh, if you relate to this at all you need to get your balance in order as well because uh, I feel like a lot of, a lot right now it's kind of like the economy opened back up and like it kind of catapulted us right back to where we were I feel like with COVID it made us slow down and now that everything's opened back up it's kind of making us feel forced to get back out there forced to get back into the workforce at top speed to make sure that You know, you recoup those losses in financial stuff and whatnot. But just remember, man, this life isn't about that. All right. And I have to remind myself that I even have to remind myself while living in an RV that, you know what I mean? And um, also what's going on this week, man, the weather has been cold and rainy the last few days in North Carolina in the middle and the end of April. Like, what is that about? I had no idea that that was a thing. But man, I'm learning that there's different seasons in different places, y'all. In North Carolina, gets a little chilly sometimes. Uh, and it's crazy because it just kind of impacts your day and your mood way different when you're staying in a small RV and you have nowhere to go. Like, outside is the move <laughs> when it comes to, like, the way we live, right? We're out there all the time, and uh, we're walking around, just throwing rocks, skipping rocks, having good talks about life, or even just enjoying the sounds of the outside and just Malachi Lowe's being out there. He runs around. He's, he's free out there. You know, inside, he's like, bah! You know, he'll watch a movie and stuff, but, like, you can only watch – You know, we don't like to let them watch more than one movie a day, you know, so um, it's been it's been a process when it's raining, you know. So and it's also kind of like hard not to talk about how the RV journey is going on this show because it's not just a journey. It's everyday life now. So I'm sharing my faith journey. And at the same time, I kind of have to share with you guys uh, what's going on in my life, kind of similarly how I I did when I was working at like Doc B's or Church or Mad Hatter. I have to just kind of find a way to fill you guys in on what's going on here. And as beautiful as this life is, there are some daily struggles in them, you know. So when just remember that, y'all, like when you when you see like, yo, I want this, I want this. Just remember that everything has good, good and bad to it. Right. So you just have to really balance your life out. And it's a process to keep this RV. Also, man, it's a process to keep this RV leveled. Like right now, uh, we thought we leveled it, but it's not level. Like, like, let's say when I'm sleeping, like I I'm leaning. <laughs> i'm leaning out the mattress right now like when i put something on this podcast table if i put one of malachi's cars hey it's gonna fall in my lap you know so uh we gotta work on that uh we have to clean it up often just because it gets dirtier faster because it's a smaller space uh you have to do some things when it comes to uh we've had like multiple water heater issues too and even a clogged water tank the other night uh after like in the middle of doing dishes like water started rising from the shower and you don't know how many times i say to my wife when a problem arises, well, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? I have to ask her like, yo, what do I do in this? I don't, I don't know. You know? So, uh, luckily the internet exists and I've been able to troubleshoot some of the things going on. We've been able to get them fixed away, but it's just crazy, man. It's not all rainbows and butterflies, you know? So I went out of office mode on Fiverr for a few days, which is awesome. I think that I needed to do that to kind of rebalance. And uh, I thought I would stop getting messages for a little while, right? And I really just want to focus on school and the podcast for a while and then maybe pick it back up in a few weeks. I think that's where my head's at right now with that, uh, just because it's, it's not fun having, you know, projects on your to do to do list for other people when you're still trying to grow your own thing. Right. And it's weird, man. It's like I'm, I'm conditioned to feel like I have to make money. I don't know if you guys are like that, too. Uh, I mean, obviously we are because, you know, you have to survive and have responsibilities, but it's alarming how much this country's norms and capitalistic society ingrains in you the desire to make and obtain money. And I'm just fearful of just spending all of our savings and coming back to life with nothing, even though I know we most likely won't. And Catherine keeps telling me she's pointing it out. She's being logical that we're not going to like that's not going to happen. But still, I'm over here just, you know, used to making money at a job. And I wanted to create an income while I was out here just because, you know, so many people were like, yo, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, I'm already kind of figuring it out. But now I'm just kind of like, all right, I kind of rushed a gun. I didn't even kind of let myself, like, get into a groove of things before I took on all this work. So I'm kind of excited going a little two-week, uh, maybe one two-week uh, out of office mode for, uh, for Fiverr. And it's obviously the smart thing to do for the families to have some income. I just have to balance better and plan my week better, as we've kind of already stated. So, yeah, I'm excited to get back to writing specifically for you guys and most importantly, Christ. And I am officially on ghost mode for a week or so when it comes to other people's work. So I'm excited about that. And let's get back to it, man. Enough about me. I want to kind of continue in the realm of doctrine that we have been kind of focused on in the last couple of weeks, which is the blood and the cross and what it means for our freedom from sin and our deliverance from sin, as well as talk about the verse that we heard on the last episode about blasphemy against The Holy Spirit, which is the unforgivable sin. We spoke briefly on what it means, but I want to expand on it even more on this episode because it's another brilliant reason why Jesus is dope. So let's start there. The unforgivable sin. There's only one. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. I think Jesus mentions it in three of the four Gospels. I think all of them except John. So you may be like me and wonder, yo, have I ever done that before I knew Jesus or before I was saved? And let's answer your question here with some biblical truth. All right, this is from my Bible school book. Uh, If you're interested in it, I highly recommend you get it. If you want to kind of expand your mind and expand your love of God through your mind, it's called Five Minute Theologian. It is one of the best books I've read so far. It really expands the Christian faith and what we believe and kind of ingrains it on your heart of like, yo, this is completely true. You know, it kind of eliminates a lot of doubt in your mind. And in your heart about, you know, the man they call Jesus, you know. And uh, yeah, so let's just get right into it, y'all. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. And that's the verse that you see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, that Jesus is uh, uh, referring to here. So what is, un- what is the unforgivable sin? Suggestions would think murder, adultery, dying in unbelief, or some sin done only when Christ was on earth, but none of these appear to fit the passage. Murder and adultery are serious sins, but unrelated to Jesus' comment. David, in fact, David, you know, the one that uh, took on Goliath, he committed both adultery and murder, and he was forgiven. It may be dying in unbelief, but Jesus seems to be talking of something more precise than generic unbelief. Perhaps it's something that can be committed only during the time of Jesus' earthly life, but the text doesn't actually say that. So he called the unforgivable sin blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, an obvious warning about one's spiritual condition. But what does it mean? Here we go. Listen up. The setting for Jesus's words was a controversy with the Pharisees over the source of Jesus's power to exercise a demon from a man who was blind and could not speak. The Pharisees had already begun Uh, Excuse me, the Pharisees had already seen compelling proof of who Jesus really was, but they accused him of working miracles by being in cahoots with Satan. Thus, the Pharisees were attributing the work of God to the devil, despite the evidence they had just witnessed. Their problem was not blind ignorance, but willful rejection. That deliberate refusal to believe, even though knowing the truth, seems to be what Jesus called the unforgivable sin. Why would that be unforgivable? If people accuse Jesus of being satanic, even though they know he's the Christ, their inner state is so hardened that they would not repent. And what does he ask us to do? Repent and turn to him, right? Jesus apparently believed the Pharisees had done just that. They knew who he was, that his work was from the spirit, yet they assigned it to Satan. Their hearts were hardened to the point of no potential repentance, meaning no forgiveness was possible. Because God was present and active in Christ, to reject him was to reject God and any forgiveness available through him. Jesus' words identified that rejection as final and irreversible. The unforgivability comes not from any lack in God's grace, but their determined choice to reject God's means of forgiveness. Christ wasn't good enough for them, I guess. If you're worried right now, like I asked earlier, if you're worried about this, if you're worried that you may be guilty of the unforgivable sin, you almost certainly are not. Concern about committing it reveals the opposite attitude of what that sin is. Those who might be guilty wouldn't care because they have no distress or remorse over the possibility. So the concern of those who fear they've committed the unforgivable sin is evidence that they haven't. If you're reading this and care enough to reflect on the issue, you're probably not guilty. Hey, good news, y'all. We haven't committed the unforgivable sin. We are blessed. We are Gucci. We are good. Don't worry about it, y'all. We're still saved. We're still going to heaven. And my buddy Rob Ross actually sent me, uh, he listened to the last episode and he sent me a message about it and he was uh, really encouraging as far as showing me that, man, there's just so much to talk about. When it comes to this unforgivable sin, it could be an hour conversation if we sat down. There's so much about it. And he actually pointed me to some scripture that I really wanted to share with you guys. It kind of opens the the door a little bit wider here so we have a better perspective as well. This is actually from Hebrews 6, uh, verses 4 through 6. It is really good stuff. Take a listen. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God. They themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. Dude, that's some powerful stuff right there. And it's wild, it's wild to think about people that would rather believe the goodness of what Jesus was doing right in front of him was the power of Satan rather than the spirit of God. And let's talk about shit. <laughs> let's talk about sin, shall we? The most cringe word known to man. It's almost as cringy as Kamala Harris's laugh. Or shall I say her cackle? And the word sin is almost as cringe as Kamala Harris putting her children's book that she wrote in the goodie bags of the immigrant children at the border that the taxpayer's money is being used to purchase those books. We did it, Joe. (laughs) A little bit of Jesus jokes and country in the same statement. How you doing? That's a good writer right there. All right, let's stop being silly. Let's get back to it. Let's talk about sin. All right. I know we don't want to, but we got to talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right. Adam and Eve produced children only after the fall. I don't know if y'all are aware of that, but uh, that's why we're here, because Adam and Eve actually had children. Uh, Their names are Cain and Abel, in case you don't know. Uh, Consequently, all their descendants inherit their fallen moral tendency, a natural inclination away from God and against his will. No one living is righteous before God. It says that in Psalm 143, uh, verse 2. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You'll hear that verse for the rest of your life. That's in Romans 3.23. Listen to this. Sin's effect is total, fundamentally inside the soul, but overflowing into personal relationships, society, and the world. The fall positioned, excuse me, the fall poisoned every human capacity so that all human nature is tainted by sin's infection. Our mind rejects God's truth. That's in 1 Corinthians 2.14. Our emotions seek their own pleasure. That's in Ephesians 2.3. Our will chooses sin. Our conscience approves immorality. Jeremiah identified the central problem. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. In the Sermon on the Mount, the most powerful stuff, that's in Matthew 5-7. through Go read it if you haven't. The words of Jesus are powerful. They'll change your life. Definitely recommend it. Jesus illustrated Jeremiah's point by saying, Um, observable sins like murder and adultery originate inside as hate and lust. It starts with the heart. When teaching the Pharisees, Jesus repeatedly stressed that sin is an internal matter before it erupts externally. Profound teaching. Jesus is the realest teacher there is. Go take a look. He says that in Matthew 23 verses 25 through 28. Our real issue is not our upbringing, other people, the government, or the environment, but ourselves. We are our problem, and life's other tensions only manifest our deeper internal breach with God. This is so good. Our God relationship is the hinge upon which all others turn. Alienated from Him, all other connections suffer. Families, neighborhoods, churches, countries, and races. The outgrowth of our deformed spirit damages society at every level. Because the driving force behind all human motives, whether personal, corporate, or government, is now self. Self. Conflict is inescapable. Every fight, whether children at play or nations at war, originate within our nature before it reaches personal conflict and international politics. Including two teenage girls having a knife fight. (laughs) Tell that to LeBron. All right. All right. Uh, part of our sinfulness is our inability to see the real issue. That's so true. Part of our sinfulness is, is our inability to see, see the real issue. I stumbled, but I meant it. When Jesus tutored Nicodemus about flesh giving birth to flesh, Nicodemus thought Jesus was teaching biology. But Jesus' lesson dealt with spiritual truth saying morally fallen people produce children with the same twisted tendency, and thus we all need a new spiritual birth. Speaking for all of us, Paul reveals his powerlessness to free himself from his own sinful disposition. And keep in mind, Paul is a saint. He's the goat. He has led more people to Christ than you and I will ever have put together. All right? He's a beast. Yet he still struggles with this, right? He can't free himself. The solution is found only in Christ's payment for sin. When by his grace we appropriate his saving work, we die to sin, and we receive newness of life. Like it says in Romans 6 that we talked about in the last episode, the the blood and the cross. The Holy Spirit now indwells in us, empowering us to increasingly resist sin and live by Christ-like traits. Only then is sin restrained. It's all through Christ. We do it all through him. He delivers us, right? So here, this is so good. Listen to this, guys. Most attempts to improve our world whether individual, corporate, or international, aim at the, second t- at the secondary manifestations of the mess that we're in. Unless we identify the core problem, our well-intentioned efforts are only a moral band-aid on the cancer. Think about woke culture, all right? It may look like we're doing something, and it may make us feel better temporarily. My feelings over logic, feelings over facts, But the cancer continues to spread, leading to death. The church needs to be about God's business of bringing spiritual healing to a sin-sick world. Can I get an amen? That's what we represent on the I Like Birds podcast, baby. That's what we're about, man. Knowing Jesus better, growing in our faith, and realizing how trash we are without him. All right? Let's not pretend we're not. I am trash without Christ. But because of Jesus, we are children of God. So therefore, we see ourselves in a better light because we have Jesus in us and we know who Christ is. We know we're saved. We can we can work from our salvation, not work for our salvation. We can never take that for granted. Even as this world distracts us with lies, problems, propaganda, expectations and stress, our hope, our present and our future is found in the one that we call Christ. Praise God, wherever you are right now, honk your horn. Uh, restart your lawnmower, turn on and off your shower, do something crazy for the for the king of kings. Drop a dumbbell, do something. Jog an extra mile. Come on, let's go, baby. Do it for Christ. Oh, you were only going to go on a little walk? You were going to go on a little walk? I'm going to need you to jog. Jog until you finish the episode. Ready? Go. And we've just seen this before, y'all. How many times have you heard this come out of someone's mouth? Are you ready? One that typically follows... uh progressive christianity a lot of people have said this before and i'm sure you've heard it as well here we go my sin doesn't hurt anyone my sin isn't hurting anyone and let's jump back into this awesome book five minute theologian all right a society based on relativism claims that no act is wrong if it doesn't hurt anyone but sin always hurts someone Its aftermath is widespread and devastating. The sinner, the society, and God himself are affected. The result of sin is most relevant, pressing, far-reaching issue we face in the fallen world. Most efforts of law enforcement, government, and education are attempts to reduce, correct, or avoid sin's consequences. Sin's internal effect where it first appears, it is the addictive power. Alright, so listen to this. Sin's internal effect, where it first appears, is this addictive power. Everyone's addicted to something. Alcohol, cigarettes, vaping, sweet tea, fast food, being on your phone, checking Twitter, checking stocks, checking Bitcoin, checking Dogecoin, uh, pornography, sex, lust, cursing, lying, eating, and even this one that happens frequently even though we don't want it to is denying god his time his praise and his love and falling back into the world when we should be falling back into the word specific addictions vary as we've stated above but sin's grip enslaves us all i think we can all agree with that and if not let's dive deeper on it i'll prove it to you its growth spreads throughout the soul like a cancer without a cure the experimental result of sin includes unrelenting lack of contentment i don't know if you've noticed that Our sinful nature is insatisfiable, unlimited in its selfish capacities, and always wants more. But God, God, made us with a hole in the soul that only He can fill, and the temporary pleasures of sin are no substitute for what He alone can do. Sin's judicial outcome, if you don't know, is guilt and death. When the Bible speaks of guilt, it does not mean mere psychological guilt feelings that can be alleviated by pop therapy, but true moral guilt from violating God's absolute standard, which only He can absolve. Unforgiven sin leads to death appearing in three forms this is so interesting i highly recommend you pay attention to this uh the death that it leads to all right let's be real here uh pastors don't want to really preach about it because it's a little bit like hey guess we won't see you next sunday because we uh kind of freaked you out but this is just doctrinal truth and we know god so we know his heart all right so the death that it leads to is physical death right a separation of soul and body which all humans will see all right. That's kind of what we all kind of are used to in this society and our culture and our world. Right. We're used to the physical death. But then there's spiritual death, separation from God, which is the current status of un- of all unbelievers. All right. Before I tell you the next death, I want to go ahead and talk about this. This was kind of messages at my church today. Uh, it was part of the message. And I just randomly thought about it while reading you guys the deaths because I did say that, you um, you know, this is kind of heavy stuff, you know, and of course a pastor doesn't want to just come out and say this when there's a first-time guest member in there, but I think it's important for y'all to realize that, that God, we were already going to hell. We were already going to hell. We were. We were already going to hell, and then we met Jesus. We were already going to hell, and God sent us a, a, a lifesaver wrath boat, and we got on the boat, and that boat is Jesus, all right? But there's still people that deny Jesus. There's still people that turn away from Jesus. There's still people that That uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, you know, so not everybody's going to get saved. And that's a very sad thing. But the goodness of God, he sent us Jesus. All right. So, of course, we were already going to be all in all three of these deaths if it wasn't for Jesus. All right. So let's keep our mind on that and realize that, yo, God is good. All right. And Jesus is dope. Definitely. Jesus is dope. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's talk about the third one, eternal death, the permanent condition of separation from God in a place of the Bible calls hell, the final destiny for all who never received Christ's liberation and new life. It is what it is, guys. All right. It is what it is. Nobody wants to talk about sin. Nobody wants to talk about hell, but it is what it is. We were all going there before we before we knew Christ. There's a song that I recommended a few weeks back called I Thank God uh, by I think it's Maverick City and the Upper Room and Dante Bo. Just look up I Thank God. Um, and Dante Bo has this great part where he says, hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. Cause we were on our way there guys. It's a doctrinal truth. All right. Let's get back to it. Sins effect inevitably strains and breaks relationships. I don't know if you've noticed this personal, social, and global. As we pursue our self-centered concerns, we grow calloused towards others, resulting in conflict, crime, and war. The authority of law provides some constraint on the worst of our sinful passions. But apart from our um, our inner corruption is a rebellious spirit that rejects any authority that would in part restrain our behavior. We need more than external restriction. We need internal transformation, a.k.a. we need Christ. A broken relationship between us and God is sin's worst and most lasting result, which is so true, guys. That is so true. A broken relationship between us and God is sin's worst and the most lasting result. Because, man, I'm telling you, life is so much different when you know God. And the more you know God, life just gets better. And just knowing that we know where we're going, that eternal life, man, there's nothing better to put your mind at ease about. You don't fear death anymore. It's great. My dog Armani passed away, and I know where he's at. It feels good. All right? Many many people diminish or deny the gravity of sin. This is so good. Listen to this, guys. Many people diminish or deny the gravity of sin. But God does not. He hates it. Okay, this is so good. This is so true in our culture. We don't even acknowledge the gravity of sin. Even in our church, we barely discuss the effects, the weight, and the continued destruction of sin in our lives and society. Has the media ever once tried to lead people to God after reporting some demonic, sinful act that someone did in the world that day? no does your facebook feed constantly uh consist of people repenting truth or the word of god on there no we are surrounded by the consequences and spiraling effects of sin the sin that are that we are born in that we are born in because of adam but when we accept jesus we accept our old selves dying on the cross with him and being born again new in him and he lives inside of us and we get the gift of the holy spirit baby can i get an amen Would you ever want to be an enemy with God? Well, guess what? We were before we knew and accepted Christ. Because of our sin, the Bible pictures us as God's enemies. It says that in Colossians 121, positioned for his punishment rather than blessing, because God is perfect, just and righteous. He cannot disregard sin. Do you guys realize that that is such an important uh, nugget of truth to hold on to when you think about uh, that doubt of like, if God is good, why does he let this happen? Why does he why are people in hell? Listen to this, guys, because God is perfectly just and righteous. He cannot disregard sin. He has to punish it, because otherwise he is not good. Do you understand that? Otherwise he would not be just, and there would be no justice. Yes, he's good. He sent us Christ. How much more could he do for us? He saved us. It's a wild concept, but he did it, and that there's proof, and there's proof within us. We applaud the best efforts of politicians and teachers and social workers, but the consequences of sin are so dreadful that God alone is the only one that can fix them. His solution is Christ's payment for sin leading to our dying to that sin and in unison with Christ and becoming brothers and sisters in Christ because He is the first begotten Son and and in order to be the first begotten Son, that means hey, we're the children that we're the adopted children right after. All right. We're the little homies, all right? And the indwelling spirit transforms us into Christ's likeness. Sin's impact is massive, but God's grace is sufficient and available to all, including granny. Tell granny about Jesus like we talked about on the last episode. And we talked about how God can fix the hole in your soul. Maybe that hole takes a while to fill up, but I promise you the life that I'm living now would never be possible without the faith in Christ that is now inside of me. I wanted to be a comic. (laughs) (sighs) All right, let's keep going. We got some good stuff for you guys. Got some good stuff, and then we're going to ask you guys some questions, so uh, keep listening. All right. As early generation of Christians described sin as a few habits that they found personally offensive, but sin is more complex than a short list of social taboos. The Bible identifies three kinds of sin, if you didn't know. I know, this stuff you don't really learn about but it's kind of cool when you're in bible school they kind of deep dive on the doctrine so i'm giving it to you guys now so you guys are little five minute theologians as well all right so we got imputed sin we have inherited sin and we have personal sin for 500 alex uh to impute means to charge something to an account right as abraham's faith was accredited to him as righteousness right it says that in james 2 23 since adam's sin like we talked about is credited to our account it's called the imputed sin because he's the head of the human race, we're each charged with the guilt of his sin. A little punk. Imputed sin is not, pressed from, is not passed from generation to generation, but applied directly from Adam to each of us. God erases our imputed sin. My man God, I appreciate that, man. However, by charging it to Christ on the cross and crediting or imputing his righteousness to us, so not only did he eliminate the sin, we are now considered righteous, my guy we're good you know we got to truly accept christ though and repent and be baptized it's, it's, it's a lot we still have to do it's not easy to follow christ but that's good news y'all that's good news we 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 are considered we have his righteousness we're credited with that we have his authority you know we get to wear the crown with him and it's a, it's a lot but let's keep going let's talk about the next one we receive inherited sin right our sinful nature through our parents genes david reveals that his sinfulness originated before he performed a single act what how is that possible? He was in fact sinful from the time that his mother conceived him It says that in psalm 51 5 we are all and, and that's why you know That's why I think the people that believe in jesus and believe in god are very pro-life Because of that verse. Let me read it for you again sinful from the time the mother conceived him All right, so he had life. He was one of us We are all born with this sinful tendency, but god's redemptive plan addresses this kind of sin also Listen to this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Those sins that you think you're that are that are holding on to you. You know, like if you're still lusting or you still uh, want to watch pornography or you still want to get drunk or if you still want to um, lie a lot. You know, like you think that, th- that 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 that's that's something that you're still struggling with. And yeah, you, you have baggage. You know, the second you get dunked on the water, everything's not free. You know, things take time. But we are no longer a slave to those sins, and the deliverance comes from Christ. Crucifixion does not mean that our sinful nature no longer exists, right? But it no longer enslaves us. We have been set free from sin, as it says in Romans 6, 18. And we can submit to the sin if we choose to, but the indwelling spirit that Christ gives us is given to us to counter its influence, Live by the Spirit and you would not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. It says that in Galatians 5.16. And this is how you overcome your baggage. With the help of the Spirit, guys. A third kind of sin is personal sin. I like this one. Let's think about this because I think this is where we're at right now. The acts, the words, and the thoughts that we and others commit. The Bible includes several long and ugly lists of, of these sins, right? Consider the partial list that is in uh, in Galatians 5 where it says sexual immortality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And when he, when Paul says and the like, that means he could have extended the list, but he, had, he already made his point, right? He's like, I'm not going to keep going. I'm not going to keep giving you the resume, right? Uh, The resume of the fallen human nature is less than flattering, as you can tell. Personal sins cannot be blamed on Adam's first transgression or our parents' genes, which is very interesting, but are the sins that we ourselves commit. Remember I said that in episode three? (laughs) Y'all remember episode three, like a year ago, when I was like, uh, that we, uh, (laughs) we must turn from our selfish desires? You know, that was the name of the episode is because... Uh, We selfishly like we want that, you know, we're all about self. We we want the pleasures We want the things that we think are going to make us happy But in reality god makes us happy and by means of christ's death god makes available his forgiveness for these violations Which is so good by the means of christ's death God makes available his forgiveness for these violations that we probably still struggle with and like the bible says no jesus died for your past present and future sins, but you know, we also need to be You know trying to do the will of god because of how much we know about christ and there's just so many other reasons But that's not what this is about. This is about sin. All right, let's get get a little more nerdy And then we're gonna we're gonna ask you some questions. All right. All right, this is powerful Take a listen provision for every kind of sin is available Like we just said past present or future sin is available in Christ's saving work on the cross. Thank you, jesus Justice is not violated if a substitute willingly pays the condemned person's penalty as christ did as our representative Christ died in our place, receiving our punishment, even though we were guilty of what he paid for. He has supplied exactly and fully what we need for our multiple sin problem. By faith, we receive his provision for us, and we we live in newness of life. Our lives should now display the dominance of the indwelling spirit rather than the sway of sinful nature. What a powerful sentence. Let me read it again for you one time in the back. Our lives should now display the dominance of the indwelling spirit rather than the sway of the sinful nature. And what that means is like, you know, so many people have pointed out the change that they've seen in me, even though I haven't really seen that, it, that much myself. A lot of people have seen the change in me. I still think I'm a schmuck. I still think I'm a sinner. I still think I got a lot of work to do. Uh, Olivier, you know, Olivier has really changed a lot in the last few months of knowing God. You know, it's like it happens. The indwelling spirit takes over rather than the sway of sinful nature. And that happens with you. It happens with everybody that accepts Christ and is a born-again believer, all right? And as we learn... And we live God's word. This transformation of inner influence progressively moves from our past pattern of sin toward God's glorious intent for us. Christ-like character and behavior is in our future. And keep this in mind, when it says that we used to have a pattern of sin, think how many years you lived before you knew Christ compared to how many years you've lived since knowing Christ. Don't be so hard on yourself, all right? I know that we're we're kind of... Um, authoritative on this show and we're trying to motivate you guys sometimes you know open up the bible let's go you know like i i get like that sometimes it's just because i don't know it's kind of my personality but at the same time like we've we have a lot of work to do but also like don't be too hard on yourself and realize that christ paid it all for you christ already did all the work for you there's nothing you have to do except just speak his name and be proud and praise and just be faithful of not just what christ Is going to do for you in your life and your future eternally but also praise god for and praise christ for what he's already done for you all right and let me think about this question right here because this when i was reading this you know when you read something that's not even really uh i mean i guess it's alluding to it a little bit but it really made me think of a question outside the box here when it says this let me read it to you again as our representative christ died in our place receiving our punishment even though we were guilty of what he paid for if you really think about it Do you believe that Christ got brutally beaten and flogged the way that he did because that was a reflection of how much sin that we have done against God throughout the stretch of humanity? Do you think that that's that's why? I don't know if you've ever seen The Passion of the Christ. I highly recommend you watch it because it will break your heart and you'll definitely understand uh, a little more fully of what Christ went through before he went to that cross that's just before he went to the cross and then when he went to the cross on the way to the cross everything about the situation of his crucifixion was 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 horrible like it breaks your heart definitely recommend watching passion of the christ and do you think he was this is another question do you think he was crucified so intensely and even stabbed in his side while being crucified because it was a reflection to everyone how much god hated sin Not only that, was it also a reflection of how much he loved us to allow that to happen to his one and only begotten son. It makes you truly understand how, what, and why we do this life for Christ and why we need to put him first in our lives and how we have to follow him intensely. And I don't do this podcast for you guys. I love you and I thank you for listening and I want to bring people to Christ, but I do it for Christ. I can't have people out there in my inner and outer circles not knowing about him. All right. When I read John for the first time, I said, how has nobody in my life told me what this book said? I couldn't believe it. I was kind of hurt. I was kind of hurt. And that's that, that was one of the the callings that led me to starting a podcast because I was like, I just couldn't. I couldn't believe they killed him. I could not believe they killed him. He was such a great dude. He was powerful. He was the the deepest philosopher. He was the greatest teacher. He was the greatest server, and they killed him. And he deserves all the love, all the praise, and all the glory coming out of the mouth of Zach Rippey, and you, the I Like Birds listener. And some days I wake up, right? I wake up and I, I feel completely like I don't even know Jesus. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And today was one of those days. I have a lot of those days. I'll be honest. I wake up grumpy. I don't know why. I wake up like sinful, if that makes sense. I wake up like in a funk of sin. And it's probably my fault. I go to bed too late. Read too much. You know, my mind's spinning. I got Malachi in the bed. I don't know what it is. A lot of excuses. Who knows? Probably my own fault. So I when I woke up, I put on a Sunday sermon and I was, I was kind of spacey. I wasn't really into it as much as I normally am. And I was grouchy with my family and and it took sitting down with God to realign my day. Like I need Jesus so much. As much as you may think I have him a lot because I do a podcast and I go to Bible school. No, that means I need him more because the enemy stays attacking my mind, my attitude and my emotional state of life. And don't forget, guys, how humbling it is to need Jesus. And I have to surrender my cockiness, my macho man attitude and and my day to seeking his face or not. If not, it's just going to I'm going to go back to my old ways. I'm going to go back to just living in away from him. And I don't want that. And let me ask you another question. Let me ask you another question. Do you ever feel like, man, I love Jesus. I love the podcast, but I don't really want to listen today. Ah, listen tomorrow. I don't really want to listen to worship right now. I don't want to get deep and know God better. I just want to vibe to some Drake today or put on some, hey, let's complain podcast by Cam Bertrand. Well, that's normal for us as flesh made individuals. That's normal. Don't be too hard on yourself. Listen to this. This is powerful stuff right here, y'all. All right, back to the book. It says our sinful nature, sometimes called the old man or the flesh, is not a part of the soul or body, but a tendency, a self-centered bias to choose contrary to God and his will. Our natural capacities to think, feel, and act incline away from rather than toward God. We impulsively and intentionally pursue our own way instead of God's way. And how did this happen? How did universal human condition arise since God created Adam and Eve pure and innocent without uh, an an attraction for sin or rebellion? God also created them with the power of choice, free will, which they used to rebel against God, similar to how Satan did and Lucifer at the time. Check out uh, The Fall of Lucifer, Part 1 and 2, which they used to rebel against God, resulting in their own corruption. Then they reproduced offspring, Cain and Abel, infected with the same constitution. Even among Christians, an internal struggle rages between the sinful nature and the spirit. This is common. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. It is constantly a spiritual battle. That's in Galatians 5.17. Let's go, baby. The sin nature deviates everything. We are fully tainted and unable to satisfy God. That is so powerfully said. We are fully tainted and unable to satisfy God. Paul wrote that the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. says that in Romans 8, 7, 8. Jesus said himself that we are even slaves to sin in my favorite book, John 8, verse 34. All our relationships are impaired by this innate condition. The collective effect on society emerges as hatred and injustice between individuals and war and genocide among nations and ethnic groups. As dreadful as the results of the sinful nature are, the situation is not hopeless. Three influences provide some restraint on our drive towards sin. Are you ready? What are those three things that that provide some restraint on our desires for sin, right? Here's the first one. Human conscience. Thank God for this one. That's in Romans 2, 14 through uh, 15. Family training, that's in Proverbs 22, 6, and government, that's in Romans 13, 1 through 7. Christians have additional supernatural aid over the sin nature because it has been crucified with Christ and we are no longer enslaved to it. Thank you, Jesus. Spiritual birth gives us a renewed predisposition towards God. We have a new viewpoint, we have a new perspective, we have a new relationship. As we grow spiritually, we gain increasing victory over the old sin's nature's power. Like I said, as time goes on, as we mature in our faith, we have, uh, we grow spiritually. We gain increasingly victory over the old sin nature's power. As we live by the Spirit, we would not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We don't even want them after some time anymore. We don't like them. We know they don't make us content. We learn our lesson, as 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 they say on the streets. Jesus' freedom liberates us from the most brutal slavery of all—slavery to ourselves. When by his grace and power, we no longer have to obey our passions. We know a freedom that cannot be enslaved by any external force. Referring to himself, he proclaimed, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if the son sets you free, you will be freed indeed. Amen. If you heard all of that, And still think or deny the gravity of sin and just how truly sinful we are as a humanity. Maybe not you because you had a good family training, as it says in Proverbs, or a good conscience, as it said in Romans, and you have a good head on your shoulders. But let's think about humanity as a whole for a second. Not just in America either. Do me a favor and close your eyes. Unless you're driving, don't do that. Close your eyes and picture this world in 2021 without government, police, laws, consequences for breaking those laws, and think about how destructive this world would be and how sinful it would appear everywhere. It would be at a whole new level. It would be like the movie The Purge. You need something to follow. But don't follow man, government, or definitely science. Why? Because the man behind the government, the man behind the science is a sinner too. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. And I hope you're pumped up after today's episode. I hope that that fire for Jesus is still in your heart, your mind, and your soul after all these episodes. We're we're like 78 in, and I hope you're still feeling that as we go along. And I pray you keep spreading the show, and most importantly, the good news about Christ. Wear the name of Christ with honor on your arm, on your on your chest, on your forehead. All right, we are so appreciative of this ministry and your support. We're doing a giveaway on the Instagram right now for a free shirt and hat giveaway at Zachary B 23. It ends this Saturday. I think I'm releasing this one on either Tuesday or Wednesday. So go ahead and give me a follow, and then. And enter the giveaway comment what god has done in your life this past year if you want to and also come back for more episodes like i said if you're a first-time listener we got lots of episodes for you to catch up on they're all kind of in the similar kind of trajectory and tone and uh vibe as this one so please go check them out uh subscribe download them whatever you got to do tell a friend if you're if you're new to the show and you like the show yo tell some friends about it get involved it's so cool to have uh, my buddy jake has his friends listening to it my friend um joe um mcgregor has his brother listening to it my friend olivier has his friends listening to it and it's just really cool when you have like a community of people listening to the same show as you because then you can kind of you know maybe talk about the show with each other you can talk about talk about god with each other not even the show like what we talk about on here talk about it with them next thing you know you're forming a little community and then next thing you know we're gonna all be in the same church one day somewhere I, I can just feel it i don't i don't know i don't know what's going on we're gonna start a little ministry or something uh a little building and we're, we're just gonna we're gonna get after it all right So, uh, much love to you guys. Thank you for always tuning in. Uh, this was a long episode, longer than I anticipated. So I hope you enjoyed it and you're listening all the way through. I truly appreciate you guys. And, uh, until next week. All right. Y'all stay blessed and stay happy and stay loving Christ. All right. See ya.